Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Tristan, are those Air Jordans? Uh, technically, I guess, yeah, those would be Air Jordans. I literally just leaned back to start the show and saw your shoes. We're not talking shoes today. Not, a, not are, the shoe episode yet. The, so, are they knockoff Air Jordans? No, no, I wouldn't oh, wear knockoff. the way you said that. Like, well, people that are sneakerheads, Ray, like... And Air, I do know sneakerheads, yeah. So the Air Jordan is more the shoes that he played in during his career. So it'd be like Air Jordan 1 was the first shoe he had. Air Jordan yeah. 2 is... So technically what I'm wearing is Air Jordan brand, but they're not one of the shoes that he wore during his career. So that's you, why I differentiated that in my head. Do you know a little bit of... Are you a... Slight sneakerhead, like what, what would yeah. that Air Jordan One be worth now? If you exactly, had it? It was like eighty nine. Oh gosh, it would have been probably like eighty six. Okay, and what would that be worth? So if you had like the original Air Jordan One, yeah, now, even dilapidated, like falling apart and not in good shape, it's probably like twenty grand. Get that? Just that pair of shoes. Get even used like close the front door as yeah. they say. Are you kidding me? Not at all. So if you would have bought a pair of them, and they were expensive, they're like one hundred fifty bucks then. Weren't no, they? not probably no. the very originals. No. You're probably eighty, ninety bucks. Okay, but they did go up. You know, when I was in high school, you were paying one hundred and fifty, one hundred sixty bucks. Something, I, something struck me the other day because Scottie Pippen was getting a little bit of FaceTime because his kid was playing. Gosh, now I've forgotten. It was somebody prominent. Went pretty far in the NCAA tournament. Wasn't Kansas, but Scotty Pippen was at a few games. So just Google, you go down these rabbit searches. So so Scotty and, and and Michael, I'm not gonna say they were equivalent as players, but Jordan never won without him, right? Right. Michael Jordan worth one point six billion. Scotty Pippen, no pauper, but he's sure. worth twenty million dollars. Amazing. How about that? Twenty million for Scotty, which is a hell of a comfortable life. Sure. I'd, I'd love to have it. I'm with you. But what does he think when he looks at Jordan worth one point <laughs> seven or one point eight billion dollars? Man, it's a, such a good question. And people say, oh, on the backs of kids in, you know, Far East Asia. Unfortunately. But there are sneakerheads. You are right about oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, I've I, got a buddy. I that... picked these up the other day driving through, or driving, walking through Meyer. They were 60 bucks, half off 30. And I don't, my wife gets pissed because I don't even try them on. As long as they're 11 and a half, I'll just take them. <laughs> air and dads. Every once, air dads. And every once in a while I get burned, but these things are comfortable as hell. I don't even know what the brand is. Nice. Let's see. What, what brand you got there? I don't know, man. They're guaranteed the last, are... you know, six months. Or no, probably three months. MTA Sport Brand. There you go. Yeah, you did not put a lot of thought into those <laughs> no. shoes. You didn't do the research and go with, you know what, honey, I'm going to get the MTA sport brands today. 60 bucks, about 50% off. I was like, hell, I'm buying them. Man, that, that is a good price. Uh, I'll give uh, you that. Uh, uh, Air Dads. I love Air that. Air Dads. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. So much for Michael Jordan. Yeah. But it's good to be Michael. Jeez. But you know, a lot of those guys, uh, you know, a lot of guys burn out, didn't even make it in the league. You know, and, and they got some of those big initial shoe contracts and stuff, and they're worth, you know, $20, $30, 40000000 million. Or you could be Bobby Bonilla, who still gets paid, I think, a million a year every, like, July 1st from That's the it. in perpetuity. That is wonderful. <laughs> it's great to be Bobby Bonilla. But they have Bobby Bonilla Day. They do, yeah. Although the Mets are kicking some arse this year. How about that? Well, yeah. you get this guy who buys the team and just says, you know what? I'm going to be Steinbrenner, too. Money's no object. Let's bring it on. Why does that guy never buy my Reds? Yeah. <laughs> you know, literally. Exactly. I feel like a bunch of hobos get together with the, whatever the, the little pack on a stick that they're walking and they all kick in their 84 cents and there's 4 million of them you know, and they buy the Reds. In fact, with the Reds, it's worse. They unload their decent players. You know? you look at It's every, like they want to lose. Right. Every World Series team for the past 10 years had Reds on them. Yes, so yes. you're watching these guys right. and like, why well, do we keep these guys? You know, it's funny, Triz, and here we too. Now we're going to go down a baseball rabbit hole. But they say the same about Jeter, who I loved as a player. I think he was one of the greats. But apparently as a GM or whatever president, he was awful. Because if you look at the all-stars throughout baseball from Tampa Bay, you could, or if you look at the players, you could make an all-star team of guys he let go yeah. from Tampa Bay. Wow. And now he's out. So apparently he was not much of an exec. Well, is that the case that he wasn't a good executive or are sometimes these guys thrown into these positions where there's no budget and no money yeah, well, and you have true. to trade these guys yeah. and then somebody takes the fall and it's the GM usually. Well, I would say that's certainly the case in Cincinnati, right? Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh. I mean, the small market. See, baseball is still unfair. You know, football. The NFL is the greatest franchise, and I love baseball. I'm a baseball guy. But 
the NFL, and I say American, I can't speak to soccer, Formula One racing. I don't know it well, European and South American and so forth. But in America, the NFL is the greatest brand. But it's a socialist brand, Tristan. They share all the money. The Green Bay Packers in tiny little, not even in Milwaukee, a tiny little suburb, I guess, of Milwaukee, Green Bay, gets the same money the New York Giants get in the biggest market in the in the country because it goes into a pool and they share it. So it's it's socialism, essentially, but it has made every damn team competitive. That's I mean, it. is there more parity than in any league? You're exactly right, and that's the nice thing. You know, if your team sucks, you don't have to wait 20 years until maybe they've got a shot and they've hit exactly. every single decision perfect because they do all have equal money footing, which is wonderful, and that's why football stays so relevant. Yep. Whereas, like a Reds fan, I can take a five-year nap, and, you know, maybe the next time we're in a playoff hunt, then I'm going to go spend my money. Look, I mean, we could debate all day about socialism as a, you know, a, a – a way for the country to work, but it works fucking great in sports. It really does work well. Yes. Yeah, it really does. But at any rate, so, um, I think eventually we're going to get to, uh, really another last week was abortion. Abortion. Oh, yeah. great. And this week is guns, man. Uh, it, cool. <laughs> we're going to talk about mass shootings, but I just, you know, there's just so much. Do you want to start with anything? You got anything? Well, we could uh, thank the sponsors oh, yes, before we... yes, yes, yes. Yeah, screw those guys. Let's yeah, just go to the show. Damn sponsors. Yeah. They <laughs> always get in the way of the content. Always giving us money and wanting <laughs> 20 seconds of our time. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I'll do Bria Pond. You can do Bad Wolf Gaming yes, if yes. you like. Uh, Guys, got to go check out Berea Pond. If you've listened to the show, you've probably heard our buddy Aaron, who owns Berea Pond in town. Uh, it's 107 Clay Drive. And if you're listening, as opposed to being local, you can check them out, Buckshot and Lead. Dot com, but it's a cool, it's a cool pawn shop place because it's all your normal traditional pawn things. You go in, you pawn your ring, you get it back or whatever for a small fee, which is, you know, a normal pawn shop. But they also now have a freaking furniture superstore in there, which is awesome. They've got this couch in there, Ray, that I have talked myself out of for oh, yeah. weeks. It's um, if you saw the old Chappelle show where Rick James destroys this white couch yes. with his muddy boots. He's like, fuck your couch. <laughs> They've got the white couch in there, and I want it so <laughs> bad. I just want the Rick James couch. But, you know, but it's so cheap. It's like a $4,000, uh, uh, I can't think of the brand name, couch, but it's like six, $700. Bucks. No I'm kidding. Like, oh, and it's all new. You know, it hasn't been in somebody's house and repossessed. It's just like overstock type stuff oh, that's got great. in. Yeah. So it's all new furniture. But, yeah. If you're listening, swing in guns, ammo, jewelry, coins. I mean, it's the normal pawn stuff, but then also literally now like 50 couches, a bunch of cool furniture, kayaks. I mean, if you're in the area, I mean, in, in an hour from Berea Pond and you haven't checked him out, you're really missing out. And Aaron's a great dude. Oh, yeah. And we can't wait to have him back because he'll tell us everything we talk about today was completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, he probably will. And then our friends at Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf Gaming. Wolf or Bad Wolf? Wolf Gaming at uh, 7-Eleven Chestnut Street, just down the road from us. Uh, great location, great store, a lot of fun to check out. Nerd stuff, as Dan would tell you. It is nerd stuff, but um, there's a lot of nerd stuff, and a lot of it is cool. Dan and Nasa and uh, Dustin down there running the ship. Good stuff. Nice, and, awesome place. And now he's got one of these burning barrels. Do you know this? I have no idea. So, essentially, it is video poker. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's so it's it's not they they pitched us at Galaxy and our owners were trying to get them to take the plunge. They were a bit hesitant because it's sort of that gray area. It's a fine line where it's not legal, but it's not illegal. It's sort of the, the move towards gaming. Yeah. And the legislature failed to make any rule on it. So these guys are out in force and Dan's got one down there. If you next time you stop in, check it out. Interesting. Yeah, yeah we'll throw, do. throw 10 bucks in. And um, now it pays out 73 percent of the time. Which is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, so you are actually winning money. You can win money. Yeah. You can lose money, but you can win money. Yeah. Nice. It's it's a pretty neat little game called Burning Barrel. So he's got that in there now. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. yeah I you love need that to. stuff. But uh, Dan's a great guy. Worked with him for years. And uh, Bad Wolf Gaming. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Dan and Nasa. Dan and Nasa. Living the dream, man. Own business. I love I, it. I should have asked you this off air in case I put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> no worries. My life is on air, Ray. Can you talk about going out to Brant's? Oh, I, I think so. Yeah. It, so, so explain Brant's. He was our guest a couple weeks back. Yeah, the crypto. The, the crypto show. If you haven't listened, uh, please check it out. If you have any in information or if you would like any information about crypto, I think Brant will go a good length in answering that. But I actually went out to his crypto farm, which is kind of misleading to call it a crypto farm because he's got multiple crypto farms. He's got this huge warehouse 
uh, I guess I won't say where because it's That's a fine. little bit secretive. That's fine. But um, just outside of Berea and like this huge, I want to say I'm going to mess it up, like 50,000 square foot warehouse um, with, uh, you know, just tons of machines, machines for sale that he's selling to the public, stuff that he has going that because they actually host for other people. Right. So they're hosting their stuff. And then if you actually go and like a mile and a half away to his house, he's got all this land and there's all these like metal buildings. I would say more like a 1000 square foot building. And each of those buildings will house like a hundred machines. So he's got, I want to say six out there and they're building like several more of those buildings too. So he's doing a lot of hosting, but it was, man, you would have loved to have went just the noise and the wind. Like it's just fascinating. That's crazy. I mean, those things are running through some electricity. I mean, it is unreal. That's crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's such a cool thing and, and just nice folks, you know, if you're listening, I'll give them a free shout because Brent needs my help, but yeah. you, you mine letter you mine.com. But man, it, it was a, uh, Really cool. And crypto took a big, pretty big hit. It uh, did, man. Every, every, so. Everything's taking a big hit. Yeah. Don't check your 401k. Don't check your retirement. Don't check your mutual funds. Just, Smart call. Just hold off. Give it a month. Now, it's, it hurts me a little more at, you know, 61 thinking about retiring than if you're 31. But, you know, ride it out. Ride it out. It'll get better. All you can hope, I guess, is your broker does some buying while things are cheap. Yeah. Smart call. You know? Yeah. Or you Indeed. follow Warren Buffett. I, You know, I don't know. Like to be Warren Buffett. Would you trade? Would you be Warren Buffett right now to live like the last seven years of your life as Warren Buffett rich? <laughs> you know, he's it's funny. He's a pretty low key guy. I think he lives in the same house, but I know his one, um, his one, um, what's the word? Excess. His one uh, uh, foray into excess is airplanes. You know how Leno has his his uh, car collection. His car. Yeah, well, yeah. Mr. Buffett has a fifty airplane collection. Good to be Warren. Buffett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's. I don't think he pilots anymore. I think he's gotten to that age. Hell, he's ninety. I think ninety-one. Yeah. So I don't. I, I'm almost certain he does not fly anymore. But he flew for years and still loves going up. That's awesome. Yeah. So he he collects planes the way Leno collects cars. It's a, n- a nice thing if if you can afford it and you can have a plane collection. You've done. Yeah, you've done well. Hundred sixty billion or whatever it is. Yeah. So all right. So that's cool. So then we can. We, it's this isn't really money, but it's just you know everything is. So this occurred to me the other day, and we, you know, with that shooting in Buffalo sometime back, and again, we're never sure when this will air, so it'll be a few weeks, but, and all of that, um, and what's surrounded that, we'll talk about that a little bit, but man, Tristan, all I can say right now is the division is amazing. We were talking in the office, which as a way of a little bit of background, this is really how this podcast developed, because I really don't work much. I know, I don't think any of the owners will hear this, so, you know, they pay me to, they pay me to kind of, you know. Keep the place lively. <laughs> nice. Lucas does the work and I keep the place lively. That's a I, good gig. There have to be people who are like, Jesus Christ, that Ray is so fucking boring. You ever go in the office and he's talking about something else? <laughs> but um, we had this discussion came up about the division in the country right now. And I think that Republicans almost have to be given credit. Like my sister, who is ultra conservative, MAGA wearing, you know, yada, yada, um, which is interesting. And then my brother is um, to the left of us. Tommy's been a school teacher forever in North Jersey. And, uh, you know, it's probably the, literally the most well-read person I know. No shit. Sure. He teaches English literature. Um, and I'm on this text thread with them. And I'm kind of the pragmatist in the middle. And they just go back and forth. But, but she represents an element that really does a fantastic job now of pointing out how her words, not mine, lunaticked the left has become. Not just the left, but Democrats. How lunatic. Now think about this, Tristan. This coming from a party that was completely okay with literally an insurrection, literally storming the Capitol (laughs) building, right? Right. Calling the left lunatics. And I think that message sells, the left being lunatics, in all of the middle part of America, from Louisiana through South Dakota. Now, when you get to California, in my home state of Jer- your home state of California, mine of Jersey, no, it doesn't sell as well. But other than Northeast and the West Coast, maybe Illinois, sometimes Wisconsin, that message sells great. Unquestionably. Right. Now, and that's not even Trump. I think that's part of what Trump tapped into. Right. No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, and and I've touched on it in the show, and I think the demonization of, like, a Nancy Pelosi and some of these other people that they have just been able to just kill as human beings. And they, 
you know, there's no question. We've also touched on this. The right just does a better job selling what they've got to sell. The Democrats, you know. Well, may I use your word? No nuance. So, sure. So, so here's, here, you know, here's the way I look at it. Like, okay, this gets long winded, but hell, we've got time. I always use 1960. It just happens to be the year of my birth, but it's a great line of demarcation. Why? Well, John F. Kennedy was elected in 1960, sort of ushering a new era, which is funny because if JFK were alive, I think he'd be give or take 100 now. But, you know, he'll always be the 43-year-old who was assassinated, youthful and vigorous and so forth. And the 60s didn't look like the 50s, and the 60s represented the change that was to come, right? The 60s really ushered in a lot of societal change. The baby boomers were in their teens and twenties and they were opposed to a lot of things and they started the ball rolling on, on rights for women, rights for minorities, rights eventually for homosexuals, transgender folks, workers. And you can make a strong case. I can make a strong case that going forward 60 plus years now with one or two exceptions, abortion now, of course, looks like it'll be one and probably guns. The left has pretty much won every one of the quote unquote quote, culture battles. And at some point, there's got to be payback. And and you now have a Supreme Court that's certainly conservative. Justice Roberts keeps it from being ultra conservative, right? It keeps it from going a hard six to three to maybe five, four, but still conservative. Sure. And payback is a bitch. But beyond that, Tristan, that message of that message sold in this part of the country that we live in, and as I said, Louisiana through South Dakota and all points in between, with one or two exceptions, of these people on the coasts, these ivory tower, pointy-headed, left-wing lunatics, want to force things on you that you don't want. So we need to stop them. I think that message sells at least to half the country. I completely cannot disagree with that. And then, and the, where the nuance comes in is there's never, it's never presented this way. And I, and I don't, I think the left does do some of this. I don't think the right does. You will never hear Tucker Carlson have any kind of a conversation about any program or any, it never talks about, you know, the potential for inclusion or for tolerance. Like, would it be a better world if we were more accepting of alternate lifestyles? Yeah, probably that's a strong argument, but there's going to be some people that are uncomfortable with it. Well, they just play into the uncomfortableness, the right. They never say, you know, not everybody's the same, whether they're homosexual, transgender, their skin color's different, whatever. But they play into that fear and paranoia of the change rather than make any effort to explain why these things may be happening. Even if you don't like it, Here's why it's happening, because tolerance and inclusion are not bad things to work towards. No, I think that's a great point. And, and I would say both, both parties are guilty in a way of highlighting more of their talking points as opposed to just being real. And, and I'll go back to I sat in on a, a town hall for Rand Paul. It's been a month and a half ago, and I think I may have even mentioned it on the show. But the thing that made me so mad, and, it, and it's so disingenuous on both parties with the masking argument, wearing masks for the pandemic, I mean, during some of these um, more recent, I don't know what they're called, versions of COVID, yeah. it was proven that the cloth masks just don't work. Like the cloth masks. Variants. Right. Variants. Yeah, the newer variants. So, but like the the N95 masks do work, again, to help stop the spread. So, but instead of having that conversation, Rand Paul in his town hall was like, well, we all now know masks don't work. Yes. And it's just go. such bullshit. But then I, I listen to that and I'm so mad at the Republicans for that, because I think that could cost people their lives. And then I go home and, and turn on the daily show. And then it's Trevor Noah saying, and everybody knows masks work. And it's like, well, but there's some nuance there, Trevor, you have to say, look, you've got to be wearing the correct mask because sure. at this point, it's not just an all mask situation. You're being disingenuous when you're not telling people which one they actually need to stay alive. And the right's doing a disservice when they're acting like, Oh, the stupid left and their stupid masks. So, both sides have just made such a it's just so polarized and they just hate each other so bad that it seems like their messaging and being right in what they've said is so much more important than governing and helping people and just saying the right thing. Now, it wouldn't have taken Rand Paul any additional time to just say, 
Now, of course, the N95s no. will help. Yeah, he's not going to do it. Or Trevor Noah to say, you know, and again, masking is good, but we, you know. Cloth masks may not do it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Right. And that's so, what we try and do here. I present a little extreme common sense. What, uh, and, and I take that point, and that's a great one. But what about my thought um, that paybacks are a bitch, that it's payback time, that there are certainly some people on the right who think, it's time for us now to, I hate to use the word reverse it, although if you think about Brandon, our guest from a couple of weeks back, who sort of, didn't, he didn't admonish me, but he wanted to kind of let me know that, Ray, don't think that, you know, the homosexual community is fine and dandy. There are some people who would like to overturn some of this stuff, and I thought, no, that's a fair point, Brandon. Brandon himself being a, a, a proud homosexual man. Um, came in to tell us easy now there there are there may be an overturning of things and it, and now you look at it and you're like this is this whole uh, well before I go on what what do you think is there anything to the payback well as far as the payback I, I don't know man because I, on one hand I see what you're saying that, that the culture wars do tend to be won by the left but at the same time to me it's more the natural progression of time like right. I don't know that America has ever been the first on like gay marriage or anything like that it just sort of seems to be the way the world is going and we sort of at some point catch on and allow gays in our military or gays to marry or black and white people to marry or whatever. So I don't know if it's so much as like the left is winning, nah, 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 screw you so much as that's just sort of the way stuff's going. But no, there, there is a, a large group of people that would love to say, screw you and your progress. We were happy when whites weren't marrying blacks and we were happy when homosexual folks stayed in the closet. We didn't have to talk about it and see them on TV commercials. There is that element. Certainly plenty around here. Yeah. Now, if you say that to a conservative, they're going to get irate. Oh, that has not, has nothing to do with it, but does it have nothing to do with it? You know, and, and you make a great point. What was the quote from Martin Luther King? The arc of uh, history swings towards justice, but it swings very slowly. It's a great question. So, you know, that's what it is. But yeah, if you bring that up to a conservative, it's kind of a, how dare you? There's nothing. You know, I have no opposition to any of that. Well, do you not really? Well, and, and and the, and, well the whole, you know, look at MAGA. The whole thing means make America great again. That, and, make it what it once was. And that question was never answered. Right. What does sure. that mean? Yeah. Right. So you're, you're, you're definitely saying, let's hearken back to this better time for us. I think so. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, it kind of goes without saying, right? Well... You know, but you'll still get an argument. You know, Lucas will argue with me. No, it means better financial times. You know, he wants to hearken back to a time of better. Does he really? Well, he's or sure is, never said that. Yeah. Is, yeah. Or what's the dog whistle? Right. Yeah. What's the dog whistle, man? Yeah. That's exactly right. What does make America great again? I, I've never really had it explained to me in a way that's. I said, oh, yeah, that's cool. Because the America of the 50s financially was great. And, and there's and there's a funny aside there too that you'll never get conservatives to admit. Fucking tax rates were higher then than they right. than they ever were yeah. in the history of the country, and things were working better for the middle class than they ever were before. Now to because be because taxes typically help the middle class, of course. But yeah. to, to be fair, we had won World War II. We were on top of the world. China hadn't yet developed as a power. Japan was really on the balls of their ass. We were rebuilding them. Europe was in tough shape. I mean, America was the was the premier power sure. that came out of World War II and and, and Russia, of course, and then arc in the or was the advent of the cold war but tax rates were i mean it's one of the things john kennedy ran on in 1960 as a democrat was lowering taxes wow. because i think the upper the highest rate tristan was 70 percent now i'm oh not arguing God. for 70 percent sure but if you want to be fair and historically accurate look at the 1950s as a wonderfully sound fiscal decade and the middle class was doing great and tax rates were the highest probably in the history of the country I, I would say certainly in the history of the country. Yeah. So there's nuance to a lot of this stuff. Exactly. It's not as simple as let's just, yeah, let's have no taxes, but go back to the 50s. But the other thing about the 50s, to your point, was blacks were in the backs of buses. That's why Rosa Parks did her thing in 55. Um, homosexuals not even really on the radar screen. Like you, you No know, chance you could, that homosexuals were able to, yeah, have any type of... Transgender not even thought of. Interracial marriage, man, was actually illegal in the 50s. It was uh, Virginia versus Loving, I think was a 1967 Supreme Court decision that in the state of Virginia, uh, a, black and, a black woman and a white man, I think it was a white woman and a black man, could not marry. And that blows my mind. You know, there's a famous movie about the Loving versus Virginia. Yeah. And just seeing the previews, uh, you know, it's probably been a couple years ago when it came out. And I thought, man, that was the 1920s or something. So it absolutely blows my mind that 
in, in the 1960s, there were still states, and apparently the late 60s, where a black man and a white woman, vice versa, could not get married. Like, that, to me, is just unbelievable. And, and I'm going to check myself on that, Tristan, to make sure I'm not blowing smoke, but I am almost certain that that is correct. But, um, yeah, I mean... Good Lord. Well, and even civil rights. I mean, you take a lot of this, the, the rights that we sort of all take for granted. You know, again, this was not turn of the century. This was more recent. In June of 1967. Unbelievable. The Supreme Court issued a unanimous decision in the Loving's favor and overturned their convictions. Uh, I have not pre-read this. So Loving versus Virginia was a landmark civil rights decision of the U.S. Supreme Court in which the court ruled that laws banning interracial marriage violated the Equal Protection and Due Process Clauses of the 14th Amendment. Beginning in 2013, it was cited as a precedent. Well, now here, see, this is interesting, and Brandon could talk a lot about this. Beginning in 2013, it was cited as precedent in U.S. federal court decisions holding restrictions on same-sex marriage in the United States unconstitutional. Okay, so, and then it says, uh, the case involved Mildred Loving, a woman of color, and her white husband, Richard uh, Richard Loving, who in 1958 were sentenced to a year in prison for marrying each other. Unbelievable. Their marriage violated Virginia's Racial Integrity Act of 1924. So that's maybe where you got the 1924 from, which criminalized marriage between cl uh, people classified as white and people classified as colored. My fucking lifetime. Again, I was born in 1960. This was 19... We're not talking ancient history, Tristan. No. We're not talking Civil War. 1967, a black man and a white woman or vice versa could not marry legally in parts of the United States, or maybe all. Wow. And, and again, I think that fear and the reason we reference this with the Supreme Court's decision, which has not, again, been finalized yet, but uh, discussed decision about abortion is that the concern now is where do these justices stop overturning exactly right. law that has been. It, and here again, conservatives will get my sister. Oh, how can this is only about abortion. This is only about unborn children. Don't even throw that in my face. Really? This is about this is being decided with that privacy uh, part of the 14th Amendment. Now, if they're finding that that does it, that they, that it was um, it was uh, decided incorrectly which is essentially what Alito said in the brief that was that was uh, leaked, that that was not what the 14th Amendment meant, that we should look at the, all the precedent coming forth, like nowhere in the Constitution is abortion mentioned. So no, it's not a constitutional right, and that was decided wrongly in 73 in Roe. Why, if you're Brandon, would you not think, well, they're going to do the exact same fucking thing with homosexual union? It's nowhere in the it's nowhere in the Constitution, and it uses exactly the same reasoning that Roe was founded on. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point, and I will say to hopefully, I pray, I cross my fingers that your sister's point. I don't think that states would ever try to go back and say interracial couples couldn't marry. I think there's been enough folks that have done that, and we all have folks that don't yeah, look be, like us in our family. It like would it would be, be difficult, yeah. pretty tough to to do that, but. Would I say Boy, that, the Kardashians would really be in trouble? Oh my gosh, good luck, Kardashians! <laughs> but but uh, but no, I, I could definitely see some states that are still would be very happy to overturn homosexual well, union marriage. So right, so yeah. okay, that's a great point, Tristan. Uh, <laughs> so bring it back to the states. Oh, it should all be decided at the state level. Should it really be decided at the state level? Because if you throw it, and I'm not going to pick, I've, you know, I've lived in south of the Mason-Dixon line a long time now. A lot of great people down here. But if you throw that back to Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, perhaps Kentucky, are there going to be some pretty strong lobby to overturn it? Yes, there is. Absolutely. States' rights. I mean, without the federal government in civil rights in 64, you'd have never. If, you, if, you, if, if, if uh, LBJ hadn't sent and John Kennedy sent troops down to allow, you know, the governor, uh, Governor Wallace is standing on the steps of the school saying, no, no N-words are coming in. Yeah. And it was federal troops that allowed integration. Right. Not the people of the state. Exactly. So, you know. So, and so, yeah, we would have been looking at 2004, I think, on some of this stuff before it would have passed yeah. had it been states' rights. I mean, you know. <laughs> and you know what? And let's not even pick on the South, Boston. I mean, I remember uh, when busing 
was uh, being forced oh, fair. Um, yeah. in Boston Great in the point. early 70s. I was a kid, and I mean, it was awful, the fights that were going on in Boston. You know, the Saudis, as they called them, the mostly Irish white punks is what they were. Right. They didn't want anything to do with black folks in their schools and neighborhoods. Hell no. Yeah. Throwing rocks and bottles at the buses as they pulled in filled with black kids. So it's not just the South. Right. Let's not let's not think for a moment that it is. Yeah, in Boston, notoriously racist. <laughs> kind of. Look at the Celtics. <laughs> well, not now, but the Larry Bird Celtics. Yeah. Where's well, the departure? Have you caught any of the uh, winning time on HBO? Yes. Which is uh, Ray and I are about four four episodes in. It's 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 uh, fun. Yeah, and I finished the the show. Did and, you? And uh, and uh, they touch on a little of that Boston racism in the show. Oh, just do they? a little bit. Okay. But uh, I don't know. I haven't decided if I loved it or I hated it. Oh, no, you know, I finished the whole thing, but it was, it was, it was different. It was interesting. It was either really good or really this bad. Is, I'm not is, sure. This is usually what you do since I'd start talking about things and never reference them. So Tristan's <laughs> talking about the Lakers of uh, the eighties with magic and Kareem. And they've done a, um, they've done an HBO miniseries with John C. Riley playing Jerry Buss. He's great. He is great. And I think, that's a fair depiction. Like everything I read about Buss is he was pretty much a wild man. Like if you went out with him, you were having a great time. He seems like, yeah, a like a great dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a fun. Was, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and just, you know, what I, I'm somehow just such an optimist. We're just going to get it done. Well, how I have no idea, but we're going to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, great uh, attitude. And, and the, uh, they really did a good job casting. Like the dude looks like magic. Um, Kareem, uh, the Pat Riley character is pretty good. Yeah, you know they. It was well, well acted. It was well and, you know, some You know, I don't always love the breaking of the third wall in shows. Well, that's I'm kind of like what is it? Is, is it the third or fourth wall? Well, yeah, well, you, yeah, you maybe Jaeger right. hates it. Jaeger knows more about movie and television, but uh, to be fair, he hates everything. But uh, you know, but that's <laughs> your now, friend from work, man. My Jaeger. friend from work. Yeah. Um, oh shit! I forgot to tell him happy birthday. Oh, he turned sixty. Yeah, well, yeah. we can't we can't date ourselves recently. You talk. I'm going to text Matt right now. <laughs> You're going to text him a happy birthday. But a lot of the shows do that now. I think you know the Office. I won't say the office started it, but what, you know, what Tristan's talking about is you turn to the camera and of course, modern family, um, does such a great job with breaking that. I think it is called the fourth wall. Well, see modern family. I think they do it the right way because what they're doing, which is what uh, the office did, which is sort Almost of a, like a documentary a fake documentary. Yeah. So that's an excuse to do it. Yeah. So when yeah. there's no excuse, it's, it's, yeah, a, little it's a little more. Is that what you didn't like? Or I, I will say oh, this. I would say I didn't, I liked all of it. Raymond found it, but at times is a little bit slow. Well, a little bit slow, yeah. but yeah, I didn't. I didn't always like in the middle of a scene, John C. Riley as Bus turning to the camera and going, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do next, and you're gonna watch and see what we do." And I'm just like, "What? Just do uh, it." Okay. That's, so yeah, I didn't yeah, love that. that. That's cool. That's yeah. fair. All right, brother. So we're a half an hour in, and uh, or more. And, um, <laughs> so we should start next show. We'll start with the topic and then merge in other stuff. Yeah, well, that would be a nice trick. Uh, yeah, way to switch it up. But so my question, which no, Aaron's not going to like, is why is America the only country that continues to have these mass shootings? Why? Well, I, I don't think it's as simple as like, I wish I could just say, man, it's too many guns or eh, we don't give two shits about mental health in this country or video games are bad. I think there's a lot of factors. I do think a lot of the things that even the Republicans point to are very valid. I think mental illness is extremely valid and should be discussed in the country. But the problem I have with the, the Republican party, once they get beyond, we can all agree it's mental illness, not a gun problem. Okay. Then what do we do about it? Sure. Then it's then, you know, it's like in a movie when you look away and then the person's gone and that's what it is. It's like, well, what do we do about mental illness? Uh, bye-bye, you know, right. tell us like, if that's the conversation we should be having, I don't disagree with that. But, you know, we've got to fund that and we've got to have psychologists and we've got to have, you know, doctors at schools to help kids. And, and you know, we just had this shooting in the grocery store. Uh, you, was it what, like a Tom's Tops, Tops grocery store? Yeah. And some racist 18 year old kid was just indiscriminately shooting black folks because of replacement theory, which we can get into. But. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons and they could all be discussed, but I, I think in, in the sake of that kid in what he did, I mean, there's a lot of shit wrong with being 18 years old and totally indoctrinated and racism in the back channels of the internet. And well, you always um, put a lot of blame on the internet and I'm not as, as savvy or, or at all savvy when it comes to that stuff. But apparently 
in this instance. Yeah. So, so if, if you're a lefty, cause I watch both sides, I, cause I wanted to see how Fox, I hate to use the word spun it. I want to see how MSNBC spun it. And it was what you might imagine mental health on the Fox side, just like you said, and too many guns on the MSNBC side. But what the lefty seemed to say were three factors. It was uh, easy accessibility to guns. Um, the, right-wing, toxic right-wing ideology. And that is a, yeah, that's fair. Toxic right-wing ideology and all of the nonsense that's so easily found on places like 4chan, I think they said. Sounds right. You know, and are you familiar at all with those? Just from the HBO documentary about QAnon, it's, it's, I think it's sort of like if I was describing it, like Twitter for people with no rules and you're completely anonymous so you can say whatever you want. Like there's a, you know, you could be in a pedophile group on there or a, I'm going to murder somebody group and you're completely anonymous. So there's a lot of really gross, disgusting stuff that happens on that side and others like it. So is there an argument to regulate that? Oh, I think there probably are some arguments. I don't know how strong those are. I mean, I think the problem First amendment type stuff, but, you, but probably. so where does the fire in a theater, you know, line get drawn? Because we do know you're not, you do have first amendment rights, but it's that, that adage that we all know. And it's a simple one, but it's simple because it's effective. You can literally be arrested to my understanding for yelling fire in a crowded theater when there is no fire because right. of the potential for panic. So where is that comparison? Well, to me, again, it's the Internet's very much like the Wild West. I mean, like Brant talking about crypto, right. but, you know, we've we've got all this Internet and all this access to Internet and kids can literally jump on and find out how to make a bomb. But we haven't paid for anybody to regulate that in any way. I mean, I'm sure we have in some way, but not to the degree, obviously, with what we see in society that needs to be regulated. So is it another one of those unintended consequences, Tristan? Because if you go back to, oh, gosh, I guess now at least the, the, the mid-80s, and it could even be back to the mid-70s, Wozniak, I think. I don't know if I've ever told you that story. Dave Cox, who we both know, worked for Kelly for a long time. Right. Dave, one of the smartest men I ever met, grew up in Irving, Kentucky. Um, and he's a, he was both a radio, he was a radio engineer, and then he went into um, you know business for about 30 years and came back towards the end of his career and worked for us again. And he remembers going to a symposium because Dave was a nerd. Dave built his own radio when he was 14, a crystal radio. Wow. Out of crystals, yeah. yeah. And this guy was coming to show off this personal computer in a, in, a, in, a, in a plywood box. And he's almost certain it was Wozniak in like 76, 77 on Eastern's campus. He was just touring campuses. And most people could have given a rat's ass, but Dave was a nerd and wanted to see what this was about, yeah. which is pretty cool. Amazing. So when Wozniak and Jobs and Gates and these people are, are coming up with what is going to turn into the internet and others who I don't even know, um, they're... I, I still remember the democracy. It was it was going to be such a great invention because it was going to be the most um, or a great innovation because it was going to be the most democratic thing ever, which meant that there was going to be information. And it was all going to be so positive. So is it one of those unintended consequences things or did those brilliant minds ever consider, you know, there's two sides to everything. And all of this information out there may not be the greatest thing 40 years ago. And now 40 years hence, we're living with it. Yeah. The consequences of it, quite literally. Well, you're exactly right. And, you know, I don't know what ancient Zen Chinese person came up with the yin and the yang of life, but it's kind of like anytime you get something that's that great, right? You get something that's equally that bad. I mean, when you have a cure for cancer, it'll probably cause your foot to fall off because it's just, there's, it can't just <laughs> At least be. it's your foot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's uh, it, it's a great point. And uh, there are a lot of, really awful things about the internet and we do have to do a better job, but it certainly wasn't sold that way. Was it? It was sold no, no, as no. just the greatest yeah. thing ever. And, and I think there's another paradox too, because it was sold as a, a tremendous learning device because all of the information that you could ever want was going to be right at your fingertips and you were going to broaden and everybody was going to become so broad and so broad minded when in fact people became more fucking narrow because whatever <laughs> your belief was, you could get justification for it you could you could get a validation for it by going to some whack-off website that tells you what you believe is right yeah that's so people it. got pe- people got less broad from the internet now that's right. a paradox well in the problem too you have a lot of people like i think one of the great things about the internet is say for example somebody has bipolar or they're depressed it's probably a pretty lonely feeling 
So then you get online and you get on a bipolar group and you're seeing how other people deal with it and you're, you have a community, which is phenomenal well, yeah, that these right. people, but the problem you're with right. that is, is that also when you hate N words and you want to go kill a bunch of them in a grocery store, you're also going to find a bunch of people that say, Hey, I'm cool with that too. That's a great idea. And that, and, and good for you. Cause you did invoke extreme common sense. I'm painting with too broad a brush, right? There's a lot of great things about the internet. I just checked myself on, on that loving Supreme court uh, verdict to see if I was right. And, and, and that is great to have that information at your fingertips. So yes, the it's, liberal it's, media wants you to believe it was 1967. <laughs> Ray, I just checked That's truth eagle dot eagle thing. <laughs> and that never happened. That's great. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, no, it, it is true. You, you don't want to paint with too broad a brush. But, you know, it's funny, Tristan, as we each sit here looking at our effing phones, I, I make that same point. And I, I'm going to sound like a pretentious jackass here, but there's enough people who think I am, so I might as well let them know it's true. <laughs> I, I think differently. I think about a lot of shit than, than, than some folks do. But I, I take phones. The great thing about cell phones was that they were going to make us all feel safer. We were going to be able to be in constant contact with everybody. So it was going to give us such a feeling of peace and such a feeling of safety. And I make the argument that, in fact, it has gone the other way. It's made us all anxious as could be because I'll take my wife, for example, and I don't exonerate myself. You call your kid once, don't answer. Call a second time, don't answer. You've got them in a ditch somewhere by the side of the road. Oh, completely. When, in fact, they sure. may just be charging their goddamn phone or they left it somewhere, but we've yeah. got them in a ditch. Yeah. And now the panic level rises and the anxiety level level rises so i make you could make the case that these damn things i'm holding my iphone in my hand have made us more anxious not less i completely agree ray <laughs> you know my mother-in-law this is an absolutely true story over the weekend my wife said yeah just check my mom hasn't been on facebook in like two hours <laughs> and i was there like, you go well so maybe she's taking a nap yeah she's like well she's always on right now <laughs> and she was getting you know kind of concerned and i was just like it does it is so so stress inducing yeah. and, and to not have kids like again i'm sure being a parent is literally the greatest joy that you could ever have yeah <laughs> but there's a lot of fucking stress there too like i don't need 24 hours of constant worrying about human lives. Yeah. That's got to be a lot. And especially they're 16 years old and driving and they've went 30 minutes and haven't responded to a text. Like I'm, I'm just, you can have that as a parent. Tristan, you are 100% right. Uh, John Rizek, who's a, 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 a dear friend, he um, said to me one time, John and I are exactly the same age. He was born in June of 60. I was born in September. And he said once, we each graduated high school in 1978. You ever remember your parents asked you how you were getting home? I was like, no, you went out, you came home. Like, you know, if there was something, somebody would contact them, right? And and yes, I think our parents were a hell of a lot less stressed right. than parents are now. Yeah. Plus, I didn't have something attached to me. My parents could, I said that to Raymond one time. You know, everybody's got to have their phone, got to have their phone. He has separation anxiety if he doesn't have his phone. I'm like, you ever think how nice it would be to not have your phone so mom couldn't call you? We weren't attached to our parents with a device that they could get us literally 24-7. Right. No, no, it was a different world. And yeah. again, I, and I think you go, it goes back to the yin and yang of it. Like, I mean, I can only imagine how many lives this stupid little thing has saved because somebody's having a heart attack on the interstate. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, they are a constant fucking presence of anxiety and aggravation. And, and angst-inducing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it and is, aggravation, yes. Yeah. Now, the phones, I will say, however, probably didn't cause mass shootings, so we should probably segue back in. To trying to figure out mass shootings. I will. One more point, because yeah. I, I don't think Paul listens. And if he does, good. Paul's another dear friend. We're golfing the other day. Paul's retired a couple years back and took up golf. He's gotten okay. And he and I play, you know, frequently. If I golf, it's typically with Paul. Well, he's gotten into this day stock trading now. Weeble and fucking, and I don't say anything. That's why I say if he listens to this show, he'll hear it, but I don't think he does. <laughs> It's like every other fucking hole. I'm waiting on him because he's on his phone. I'm like, man, I'm not out here. Put the fucking phone in your bag and forget about it. We're out here to golf. Well, I got to check on this option and see. Oh, <laughs> really? Come on, man. And I'm not, an <laughs> contrary to what most think, I'm not that asshole who's, come on, put the fucking phone away. I'm just kind of grin and bear it. Wait on the tee box for him, yada, yada. You know, but it does get old. Yeah, they, and there are, and there used to be a line where it would be, you're going to play golf, you're going to put the phone exactly away. Exactly right. Yeah, and then now, and, and I'm as guilty as a lot of people, I'm playing softball for the first time since COVID uh, at Lake Reba in Richmond, and I, in between innings, man, Pulled out of my bag, checking my phone. And I just think 
as I do it, like, oh, I just hate myself for this. Well, you know, Tristan, you make a great point. I don't think there's ever been a, an etiquette rule. All right, so this is 2022. You only have to go back, what's 20 years, 2002? Yeah. Or, or certainly 25 years, mid-90s. They weren't ubiquitous. They were not ubiquitous not, at all. I remember, you know, that's around the time your rich friends started getting one. Well, George Carlin used to, George Carlin had a line probably in the late 90s. Hey, you see that asshole at the car and he's on his phone? He wants you to know he's a busy man. You know, this <laughs> asshole with his phone. That was no more than 25 years ago. Right. So this explosion of phones in less than a quarter of a century meant that there was never rules written. There's no etiquette. The kids that I manage, and I call them kids, they're in their 20s, but they're younger than my daughter who works at Galaxy, so I don't mean it as a pejorative. But the kids that I manage just are always on them. I've told you, Lucas and I have had that debate. Sure. He told me, man, that's not a fight you want. He's half my age, closer to that generation. So we never banned phones. And I have learned this, Tristan. It's either you tell them they're not bringing them in, like our new friends Bucky does up the street here, or you allow them and you put up with the bullshit because you can't, there's not a fair middle ground. If right. the kid has his or her phone, he or her, she is on it. That's yeah. or they are on it. That's right. just the bottom line. Um, but yeah, there's been no rules of etiquette written on phones. You know, are there not just general societal rules? Like I, there I should the be. story of walking into the store, there should be. trying to check out, and the girl on her phone. Like, don't we? Well, in people in customer service, don't we know to put the phone down? There has to be. And how about that asshole, you're picking out some bread, and he's like, ah, goddamn son of a bitch, I'm talking to somebody else at a volume that's louder right. than the announcement they're making in the grocery store. Exactly. And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> I First of all, I don't care. And secondly, do you have no thought of personal space? What you're, you know, come it on. It is amazing. You know what I've found in grocery stores, too? And, and this may just be me. I feel like when I'm walking around in a crowded grocery store, People don't even see you. And I'm 6'3", 250 pounds. How do you not see me? Like, people are just either someone of their technology, their phone, or just in their own world. They'll, like, bump into you, and it's... They're, are they all on meth? I, I just don't understand it. Well, which Walmart yet? Uh, fair, fair point. But it, yeah, it's, it's weird. And, and, and this, and this is probably why we haven't even touched our subject today. But ah, whatever. Um, we'll postpone it for next we, show we, since we, it's already written. Yeah, we, we could we, we could talk no, mass I'll, shootings next I'll week. I'll let you talk. But we we. Um, the other thing, and this may just be me because I am not, I, well, I use my phone a lot. I'm, again, I don't exonerate myself. And, and I have found texting to be very, very effective because um, it saves you from phone calls that are easier made through a text. So that's all cool. But somebody gets into your car, you pick somebody up, which doesn't happen much anymore. But, you know, and the first thing they do, you might have a quick pleasantry, how you doing? And they get on their phone. To me, that's a subtle message of, eh, the person here, I, I want to talk to them more than you. I really don't give a shit about you. I got to talk to them. Because I have said that to people. Like what? You know, that person is more important. Oh, no, I have to do this. But whatever. Pet peeves. Should have put that on our pet peeves show. I, that would have been a good Son pet peeve. Son of a bitch. Yeah, we'll have to do pet peeves part two. Pet peeves too. Okay, so you've got some things written down about Man, mass I'll, shootings. I always write stuff down, but I don't really have anything. I mean, it, it was just conversational. Um, you know, I, I think it goes without saying that the U.S., you know, really has a shitload more of these than most anybody else. I think so. And I will say per capita, I think there's some places that do actually have more than us. But, but you know, a lot less because they're smaller places. Yeah. Could um, be, but man, there's a lot here. They just keep happening. Well, I've, I've got this number. So between 1966 and uh, 2012, uh, one third of mass shootings that happened in that period were in the U.S. Okay. So 33 percent of all mass shootings in that what 30 year period, which is you know pretty amazing. Um, let's see. Here's a kind of a cool stat. If anything pops in your mind, in 2020. 45,000 people died from gun violence. Uh, over half of that was suicide. Suicide, yeah. So you take that out and you had 19,348 people actually murdered with a gun. Right. Um, and I don't know, does, again, I don't know that there's a, an argument that's rational at this point in society for getting rid of guns. But even if you get rid of guns, like how much of this number still happens from knives or and, and I'm making the Republican argument on that, but I'm just curious, like, because if somebody wants to kill themselves, they'll probably figure out a way. Oh, yeah, no, suicide's a tough one, right. Yeah, but right. then the 20,000, I mean, the 19,348, you know, maybe half of those don't happen. I don't know. Do, yeah, I'd say maybe half or yeah, yeah so some sizable number probably if guns were hard. Because to guns do make it easy to yeah, kill somebody. Sure. It's they a do. less, you know, when you're stabbing somebody, that's a personal way to Oof, kill somebody. Man, like and, that's. And a, and a, 
brutal way to die. Yeah. Yeah. But did you, anybody can stand 10 feet apart and pull a trigger. Yes. Like, you know, that's a little easier to do. So yeah, that, that's a great point. So yeah. So suicide is very, very difficult to battle, but, but, but again, made easier if you do have access to a gun. And I would say, you know, and, and I'm just throwing that out there, but yeah, I think you'd probably cut that number in half, you know? Yeah. Well, and, but to me and to make the rights point and, and I hate to make, you know, the first point, well, and, and I agree with the right on abortion. I dislike abortion if we're helping, but we're not helping folks after the baby's born. So to me, that has to be answered. Just like with guns, you know, if we're going to keep guns, then what are we going to do for mental health? Because the, again, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but the conversation seems to die after, okay, well, we agree it's mental health. Bye-bye. You know, well, if it's mental health and we're not going to talk about guns, let's talk about how we get to the root of this problem like that. And I've got a friend well, actually, an ex-friend, ironically enough. We used to be friends. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah politics. We haven't talked because no of politics. I still shit. like him. I still consider him a friend in real life, but I couldn't tolerate him on Facebook anymore. But that's been like Bria College five chum. years ago. Yeah, Bria College, buddy. Um, but he once said, you know, and this is this guy, a lot of kind of socially anxious, started collecting guns, like really wow. got like, I don't want to say indoctrinated, but got really right wing all of a sudden. And we talked and I said, um, you know, you're obviously a very anxious person. Like you don't like being in, around people and crowds and stuff. And and he said, like, you know, I really don't like to, you know, I wouldn't want to go talk to a counselor or do anything because I wouldn't want to ever risk not being able to buy guns. So then it's almost uh, that weird dynamic of like people that wouldn't even get mental illness help because they wouldn't want to be on some kind of list where they couldn't go in a store and buy a gun. <laughs> that's that's bizarre. And this is another aside, and I won't name his name, but there's a, a young, uh, he's not that young anymore. He's 30-year-old, works for us at Galaxy, has been there for five, seven years, probably my favorite, five, six years, probably my favorite employee. So anybody who's listening knows who I'm talking about. Very, very anxious young man. And he's dating a girl who said to him, you're like the most anxious person that I know. And, and, and I said, wow, your girlfriend is telling you that. Have you ever thought about, you know, these medications that seem to, some people swear by, they seem to do a pretty good job. Sure. And, and he says, he says, no, nah, cause I'd have a lot of anxiety about what they would do. <laughs> I was like, well, that is tremendous. It's kind of accurate though. <laughs> like, I, could, I feel that. Yeah. That's, that's a know, good I point. I wouldn't want to get hooked. I wouldn't want to go long-term. It would give me so much anxiety. So instead I'll just choose my anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we have a mutual win, friend. Win, that's a lose, lose. That's it. Uh, I won't say his name. You and I have a mutual friend that tried the anxiety meds. Oh yeah. And he said, man, you're, you're just numb. He yeah. said, it's like, it's not worth not having any feelings to block the anxiety feeling. And I've, you know, I've, I would say I've been an anxious person, certainly at periods of my life, like probably well enough that I could have definitely been on, you know, Paxil or whatever they give you. But, you know, I've always, I've just white knuckled it as I'm sure you've probably had times in your life where you would say the same or yeah. most people probably do. Oh God, I'm anxious as could be. Sure. And, um, yeah, very much so. You don't really strike me as as a particularly anxious person. I have learned as I've gotten older what where some of my anxiety comes from, and I'm that's helped me to deal with it. And ironically, Brielle, uh, our daughter, pointed it out to me one time. It was a few years back. She was old enough that she could use the word ass, and um, so Brielle's thirty one now. Hope that's right. <laughs> so this is probably six, seven years ago, and we were getting ready to go somewhere, and I start pushing, pushing, pushing. And she's like, God, Dad, you are a real jackass when time gets narrow. And it was like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, no shit, I really am. Yeah. Like there's a there's family legend up in New Jersey because Tommy's wife, Nancy, who is my sister-in-law, and I love her dearly, is that person, if you want her there at 4 o'clock, you better tell her 2.30. I mean, just habitually late. Yeah. And I would start and I didn't realize I was doing it but it's like five minutes two <laughs> minutes and I'm yelling up the stairs you know well that just probably causes her to move more slowly right and drives everybody nuts but that was my own anxiety manifesting in other people where you know you get a little bit older and you're like ah all right gotta let that go 
Yeah, but no, and that may even be a guy thing because I can just, I just hear that and just relate to that so much. Right. Like, uh, you know, today, again, I was two or three minutes late for the podcast. I had a client call me from work on, on a Steve deal that I had to get done. Well, not really anxiety, but just, you just feel that stress of like, sure. I don't like being late. I want to get on the road, oh, you yeah. know? And so I'm like trying to just write this stuff as fast as I can. And it, it definitely becomes a thing where you, oh, you absolutely. know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, time, is, t- time is, is um, it, well, Embrielle doesn't really pay much attention to time. She's the complete opposite. She tends to be, you know, not well, not the complete opposite of uh, complete opposite of you. Yeah, but more like my sister in law. You know, eh, yeah. it's time, whatever. Like, hey, hippie, you got you got to watch. I'm not into time, man. You know, <laughs> wait. As a you know, I'm so fascinated by horology and watches, which I'm a collector. Horology, the, yeah. The, the wa- B- both meanings for me. No, <laughs> yeah, right. Horology, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That could. That's watches. Watches, yeah. Watches and clocks, I guess. Horology. How do you spell it? H-O-R-O-L-O-G-Y? Horology. Yeah. That's funny. True. I think that has another meaning in the hood. I, I think so. Yeah, for sure. I've learned something every day. I That's did it. not know horology was the was was watch collecting. Yeah. What's stamps? Uh, stampology? No. It's, it's a big, it's a big, and coins is another big word. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no clue. Stamps is like, uh, uh, I'd know, uh, ornithology, that's uh, bugs maybe? That sounds right. Stamp collecting. I'll have to Google that before we get off the air. All right. I'm going to shut my mouth. You've got stuff written oh, down. Oh, no. I've I got, just blab. I've got nothing good. Well, what do you think, right? I mean, you're from a different generation than me. You tell me why the hell we have all these mass shootings. What's going on? Man. Uh, you know, is it indicative of kind of a, a sickness in society? Well, I think, yeah, it's there is that sickness in society there. But again... I mean, you can't completely discount the easy access for crazy people to get guns. I mean, it is super freaking easy. Again, I don't think you or I would sit here and say, you know, we've got to be immediately working towards eradicating guns out of the United States. But I think when you start having these conversations about bump stocks or, you know, more weapons that are more tactical for war and less that you needed to go kill a deer. I mean, I definitely think there's some nuanced conversations to be had and, you know, and I think somebody made the point of like this kid being 18 and kind of how crazy we all are at 18. You do have to wait to 21 to buy a beer. Maybe that that's something right, that I would think help. he purchased guns, these guns legally. Didn't he? he did. Yeah. Yeah. But again, too, you know, and I don't want to take this from people, you know, we walk outside every October. There's, you know, everybody, you know, taking their 12 year old son deer hunting and it's a rite of passage and it's so important to this community and a lot of communities just like ours. I get it. But again, I don't, you know, there's a lot of little things that need to be done. And these kids aren't the ones, you know, typically going out shooting up the, the, the grocery store with folks just trying to buy their freaking dinner for the night. I think it's, you know, people with some pretty severe issues. So Uh, how do we diagnose these people? How do we find them? How do we make sure, you know, Every single person can't go. I mean, you would you would you would say almost by definition, somebody who walks into a store and assassinates ten people is is not right, right? There's something not right. Exactly. So yeah, n- no argument there at all. But I think the point you make is a pretty good one. Like, okay, so Republicans are real good at making that argument, but can you help us out? Do you have some ideas? What do you you know what what would you like to do here? Um, and that's the real tough one, isn't it? Yeah. No. I mean. I think it's 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 really tough because I mean again there's the problem is and it goes back to the Rand Paul thing that I said earlier it's both sides aren't really giving you the full information like when it becomes part of the Democrats agenda just to you know either get rid of guns or we're only going to talk about the gun side of this and when the Republicans only want to talk about the mental illness side of it it becomes right. disingenuous and right. there's some truth to both sides so how do we get rid of, you right. know, again, if you're looking at, say, bump stocks, for example, which to Trump's credit, Trump got did uh, ban bump stocks. Yeah, that was after um, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, right? yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but again, there's a few little things like that that I think we could probably do that wouldn't hurt hunters. That's not going to hurt collectors. Right. Like, there's a few things like that that, right. that you could just common get, sense, basic and, things. And you might be able to get some agreement, not not full agreement, but you might be able to get some agreement from gun owners on that. Yeah, you know, and there, there's always going to be that element. It's sure. just we no, don't want to give away anything, and right. it's always well, a slip. I but, think that's been the NRA stance that they, I think they would, in a in a quiet moment, uh, tell you, yeah, I kind of agree with that. But as a member, as a representing the NRA, I have to stand opposed to everything. Right, and the uh, NRA used to be actually a little more common sense in the '80s and '90s. It did right. sort of take a turn where it became the 
we're all things gun lobby only and, you know, sort of went kind of right wing on it. But, yeah, NRA used to be a little bit more reasonable. Right. So, but, yeah, I think, um, you know, both sides are right. We should be able to be more cautious well, with guns. Generally, now. both sides are right. You know, yeah. that's that's the problem is you get dug in and, you, you know, you feel the benefit to your argument is to never acknowledge any merit on the other side. And that's never going to move the ball. Yeah. Well, and, and Republicans make a good point too on places like Chicago where guns are completely illegal and there's all the shootings. Well, it's never going to work as long as you can drive to five minutes away yeah. and, and get, and get guns. So. Right. And, and they never make that point again to your, to right. your point, you know, yeah, the, the strict gun laws in New York, but you can go over the border into Pennsylvania and buy guns. Yeah. So, you know, just add that on there and how refreshing would it be? And, and both sides, you make that point. Sure. Like uh, Trevor Noah is, is, is a, is a great uh, example. Y- yeah. No, it's not proven that masks work hundred percent and 95s that they've been using for years in hospital settings. Yeah, they work. cloth masks apparently doesn't do a hell of a lot with the newer variants so. because they were saying early on i guess some of the earlier the slower spread variants that the cloth masks did have some level of protection now i'm sure not 100 not 80 but and i guess then that's the definition of spin i you know because spin is is not a new term it's been around most of my life spin doctoring and so forth is making your argument look the best and the way you make it look the best is not really by acknowledging again much merit to the other person's argument the other side but but that right now is as prevalent as it's ever been and you know you 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 get all of the you know all of the upside none of the down and they really both do it so where other than extreme common sense on this podcast can you go to hear that to hear you know yeah there's merit to both sides and until you all find a way to get together but then we get back to the mistrust and the distrust and you know oh yeah and it's well and and politicians are eventually going to have to stand up and take some responsibility for the tone of the country that they all and continue to set it's, you know, as long as we're going, this side is full of idiots and that's on both sides. <laughs> and when, you know, they can't, like you said, the trust thing, they can't be trusted. I mean, we're going to continue to be so divided. We're never going to be able to, to find common ground on a lot of this. But what, what advantage, you know, if you're a politician, why, why would you think of doing that? Right. You, you've got, you, you've got essentially um, it's a 50, 50 Senate, but, when Mitch was there, he, you know, he was able, I guess it was 53, 47, and he had enough power to stand opposed. I mean, really, it's more Mitch McConnell, in my mind, who's responsible for the way the Supreme Court looks now than Donald Trump. That's fair. Yeah, Trump nominated sure. him. It's Mitch. But he's not saying that. He's saying, no. he's saying, oh, uh, you know, these are, these are independent justices. I, what they do is, is, is up to them. Bullshit. Your party is the reason you specifically and your party generally. So if they're going to overturn Roe and there's going to be a backlash, yeah, that's on you, man. Yeah. And they oh, will. Oh, no, that has to do with these independent jurists and nothing to do with us. Yeah. Right. It, it, it does have something to do with you. A million percent. And they are just going to do nothing but distance. You know, when this, it's, when this they're doing decision it now. drops. Oh, it's great. What do you mean? We we're uh, we didn't say anything about abortion. <laughs> we just got justices that were neutral. And yeah. just disingenuous yeah, right. as hell. And again, and, and truthfully, Trizen, I think this Mitch is it, Mitch is truly a pragmatist. Yeah, he's going to do his best to get his pe- people represented, but politically, he's a pragmatist, smart man. I if he still shares a bed with Elaine Chow at night when it's just the two of them pillow talk, he says, "Why are they pushing this issue now? We are poised to take back both the House and the Senate." And maybe get Uncle Joe out in 24. We could have the whole enchilada. And all of a sudden, this pops up. Can't they wait at least a year? Let us get through these midterms. Now, publicly, he's going to say whatever. He's going to either say these are independent justices or, you know, we'll deal with it when it happens. Right. He's never going to say, I wish it weren't happening right now. But I think yeah. I think Mitch McConnell, being the pragmatist he is, is wishing that this... Because it does look like Republicans are poised for big gains. The only possible little stopping, and I hate to put it all on abortion but that might uh, ignite a bit of a fire on the left it would be surprising if a lot of middle class well in all class women who vote don't get pretty concerned about what that means for them personally and look let's face it the left is going to use it like a cudgel to beat the shit out of every Republican that Absolutely. they're running against. Yeah. And now they're going to be forced to answer the question. You can't really, especially if they rule the way that Alito briefing look like they will, then you have to answer the question or otherwise you're, 
you know, you are just completely disingenuous. I still think, though, John Roberts is lobbying Kavanaugh and Barrett, one of them, to say, let's do 15 weeks. And then and then it almost, it's still going to be an issue, but it takes a lot of that fire away. Oh, we found a bit of compromise. And, and I think, you know, obviously the far left won't agree with that, but I think most of your middle-of-the-road folks would find yeah. some solace in being able to say, okay, we've got 15 weeks. You know, if you're two, what, three months late and you don't know at that point, you know, right. it's a little bit on you too. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I, I don't know that we solved mass shootings, but no. at least we've <laughs> no, well, we got to discuss a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. It, the hour flies by. I, I hope it does for the listeners. <laughs> it does for us. You know, I've heard, I actually heard from both of our listeners and they really like the show. <laughs> they we're both. We're not up to three yet. No, yet. We're, well, we two and a half. Uh, so. All right. Yep, so uh, I guess uh, you want to do a little comedy. I call it comedy, but uh, in my mind, I'm doing air quotes because it's comedy. Yeah, yours is better than mine. I've got to, I, I don't can, know about I can that. do this quickly. We've gone, we've gone long, so I can do a real quickie. What do you get when you cross Lassie with a cantaloupe? Lassie with a cantaloupe. No idea. A melancholy. Oh, pretty good. Oh, that's it. That's the joke of the day Which brought is- to you by Berea Pond. Reupon, your place for buying stuff and selling stuff. There you go. Go see our friends 107 Clay Drive. And I did put together a top 10 list. You know what? I don't know if any of these are ever any good, but I did throw, no, pretty good, throw this together today. So I did find, I, I scoured the internet as I was looking up mass shooting stuff and I found, uh, I started looking Wait, at. Wait, you're doing a, a comedy out of mass shootings? Scouring? Yes. Yeah, so this is top 10 best murders. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, I started finding some outdated laws still on the books in certain oh, states. So okay. I did top 10 outdated state laws still on the books. Okay, that's great. Yeah, so all right. Uh, top 10 laws still on the books in certain states. Number 10, in Mississippi, you can still hit your wife with a stick the size of your thumb, but legally only if she's tripping. Like set tripping. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number nine. Abortion is actually legal in South Carolina, but only if you sterilize your coat hanger. Oh. Too soon. Uh, Outdated law still on the books. Number eight in Alabama, it's illegal to impersonate a priest, but totally legal for actual priests to claim they speak to God. (laughs) Number seven in Minnesota, it's illegal to grease a pig. Darn it, said Ned Beatty's character in Deliverance. (laughs) Ah. Number six, in Arkansas, it's illegal to walk your cow after 1 p.m. on Sundays unless you're on a date. Number five, in Nebraska, it's illegal to marry if you it's illegal to marry if you have an STD. It's just a cold sore, said Charlie Sheen. Uh, number four in Florida, it's illegal for women to fall asleep in a salon unless it's owned by Bill Cosby. Nice. Yeah. Number three, it's illegal to ride llamas in Georgia. Don't worry, women over 50. Lorenzo Llamas is still completely legal. It's kind of a... Wow. Look, that's an old school... Way back. Deep. Nobody deep cut for (laughs) sure. I got it. All right. Number two, Hawaii, it's illegal to put a coin in your ear. This is known as the Dan Quayle Law. (laughs) Number one, in Maine, it's illegal to dance without a permit. After hearing about this law, Kevin Bacon said, hold my beer. I like it, Tristan. I thought you had actually found those. You made those, so there's more we could do. You know, ironically enough, the first part of all those was real. The second part, a little something I threw. Oh, how about that? Except for the abortion one in South Carolina, that was a complete joke. Mm. And the the rule of thumb law, which is based on a real law in Mississippi, that was complete. I made that up. Eight through one was were all based on real laws. So what's the law we could make for New Jersey? It's uh, geez, the Ray can't mention it more than twice a show law. <laughs> that might be a good one. The rule of Ray, <laughs> or that, or has to has to have, to have something to do with mobsters. Oh yeah, that would be the Tony Soprano rule somehow. Yeah, some Tony Soprano rules. All right, so this was another one of our kind of uh, slightly off-topic topic shows. Yeah. So thanks, uh, thanks, Bad Wolf Gaming. Thanks, Berea Pond. We appreciate you guys for sure for paying us to come get completely off-topic for an hour. Yes. If you want a T-shirt, let us know. We've, hey, we've got do you t-shirts. have them with you? I've got people asking. I was in such a rush, I okay. left them, but okay. I can next bring time. them next time. Next time. And um, yeah, because I've got some people asking, which is cool. Yeah. Who asked? Anybody I know? Uh, uh, a couple people at work. 
Because cool. I gave uh, the young man that I was just talking about yeah. uh, with his anxiety one. Nice. He was ex- displaying it, and a couple other people said, oh, I'd like one of those. Not Jaeger. Not named Jaeger. Very cool. He doesn't Stuff. want one. Yeah, Jaeger's too cool. No. All right. Well, I'd uh, definitely like to thank Troy at Front Porch Studios. Absolutely. Thank Nate at Stove Leg Media. Please review us on Apple or Spotify or any of these things, and like us on Facebook if you get a, uh, get a chance. Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. And uh, give you a T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Ray, have a great week. You too. Thanks, Tristan. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.